Welcome to Don't Box Me In, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Well, hello, hello, hello. I'm Lana Reed, and welcome back to another week's edition of Don't Box Me In. Today, I'm speaking with business authority, Mr. Tim Carthon, who says that owning your own business is no longer a luxury, it's a necessity. Tim is a longtime educator and clinician in elementary, middle, high schools, and college, and he is aptly named the force of the thought-provoking voice for his amazing ability to help others see things from angles they never knew existed and turn them into a voice for thought provocation through what he calls the simpleness of simplicity. A hardworking, creative visionary and specialist in the fields of at-risk student education advocacy and Greek fraternities and sororities, his unique blend of these subjects is something marveled at by longtime educators and education administrators throughout the Midwest. I've got a variety of topics on my mind that I want to sit down and chat with Tim about today, and I extend him a very big welcome. Tim, welcome to Don't Box Me In. Hi, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you for making time for me today. Now, you know, I like I said in the opening, I, I have a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about. Uh, it's, it's very timely that you're on the show today, Tim. Uh, but first, I like my audience to get to know who I'm actually talking to. So you're you're based out of Cleveland, is that correct? Yes, I'm based out of Cleveland. I'm actually doing consulting for business owners through some workshops that I do uh, for them, and also I have a sponsor who actually does it the actual payment for the workshops for me so that it makes it easier for individuals who like to start their businesses to not have to spend a ton of money to do so awesome so is 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 cleveland where you grew up yes cleveland is where i grew up i grew up on uh, either side of a street called superior so we just uh I, i grew up on one side and and we had a this beautiful house that had Kind of an orchard in the background, uh, backyard, you know, great, uh-huh. and all. So it was great, you know, as a kid to just go back there and eat or whatever. And then once we got to a certain age, our parents moved and, you know, you're little, moving a lot, moving a, a long distance. Uh, you seem like you move a long distance, even mm-hmm. if you only moved a few streets over. <laughs> so we just kind of moved over to the other side and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I just had that conversation. I went to go visit my mom, and I was like, man, this house used to seem like a mansion when I was smaller, but now I'm just like, it's not as big as I thought it was. But, you know, kids, we have this this whole different view of things, and uh, right. it's, amaz- it's amazing what uh, growth uh, and age kind of, you know, burst a lot of bubbles. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. Now, you know, I, I was um, – snooping around uh, your website and, and your videos that you have, and you made mention in one of them that you don't like the cold weather. So what what keeps you in Cleveland? I like tsunamis and tornadoes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like those best. So, so uh, in Ohio, you have less of a chance of something like that occurring. Okay. It wasn't just a so bad. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Now, um you know, growing up in the inner city of, of Cleveland um, as a young boy, what, what do you remember uh, the struggles or, or the problems uh, that was going on or taking place there in the inner city of Cleveland? Well, the biggest thing that seemed to be the problem when I was growing up was more along the lines of the gangs. Okay. Uh, it, uh, the way that the economy was back then, it made it easier for you actually grew up and be okay financially mm-hmm. because of the value of the dollar, which is um, part of what it is that I teach in my workshops when it comes to starting businesses and owning businesses. The economy was different. So because the economy was different, that you had a different set of problems. So maybe the problems back then were, were more along the lines of game mm-hmm. than okay. anything. Okay. So, you know, um, I've mentioned the opening, and you've mentioned now you, you do a lot of teaching in the community, um, owning your own business and, and, and things like that. So I'm curious, when did you or how did you get started in the line of work that you're in now? Well, actually, about 18 years ago, I was watching television. And at that time, laptops weren't as huge. It was, it was more of a desktop thing. Cell phones were just kind of becoming a thing people used. Uh, smartphones probably hadn't even been thought of at the time. 
but I was watching the show and I saw uh, them following around a gentleman and I didn't know who he was. Now, if, if, if when you're that age, you're thinking, okay, he's not Tupac at the time. Mm-hmm. That was one big people. He's not, you know, this, this guy is not Mariah Carey's husband. He's not. Why are they following this guy around? And so I heard them say, Ted Turner, head of Time Warner, uh, AOL Time Warner, uh, and they said they kept talking in the end. They said something about having a hundred million shares. Mm-hmm. So I heard that and I said, oh, okay. And, um, then later I thought about it. I said, wait a minute. I said, they didn't say this guy had a hundred million dollars. They said he had a hundred million shares. There you go. So I went and I checked online and at the time I believed that Time Warner shares were like $63. So I'm like, this guy is worth $6.3 billion. <laughs> That's why. They're following this guy around. Yes. That was the thing that got me started into this path that led me down uh, helping individual entrepreneurs start business. Okay. Now, just curious, sidetrack, what were you doing uh, career-wise before all of this? Well, before all this, I, I used to write symphonies, concerto. I was a musician. I come from a musical family. My, uh, my brother, Mark has written like 300 songs. My brother Lafayette used to be R. Kelly's music director. So I've come from a pretty musical family. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So hopefully you haven't given that up, though, in in the midst of everything else. Well, uh, actually, I have. Oh, my. Yeah, I I, I put that on the shelf, and and I probably will come back to that in some time or another. But when you actually find where you believe that God has put you, because I'm a spiritual person. Everyone's not, but I am my father's bishop. So when you find where he's put you, then you kind of go full steam ahead there, and everything else is kind of along the side. You may put it down and pick it up as it comes, but you stay focused on the things you know you should be doing. Walking in your purpose. And exactly. um, you mentioned, you know, your your epiphany moment was when you realized about Ted Turner and the shares and what that meant that he was worth. Um, mm-hmm. So what what did you start doing then um, to kind of move you along the path that you're on now? Well, at the time when I when I saw that, I believed that I was still in college. Okay. And so I wanted to, of course, finish my degree. And then when I finished my degree, I started teaching, but I only taught in public schools before jumping head first in the business for like six months. And then I went right into uh, doing stocks, and I went through a whole litany of, of, of things and businesses over the years trying to learn how to actually do this whole business thing, because that wasn't my degree in college. My degree was music education, or degrees that we get in one of music education and performance. Okay. So I jumped head first into business and ran into a slew of problems <laughs> that, I, that I never knew was coming. Because, again, if, if someone doesn't tell you, teach you what to do, then you end up running into walls and different things. Like, I always use this as an example. Imagine yourself in Maine, the state of Maine. Mm-hmm. You're trying to go from there to California with no light. No GPS, mm-hmm. no map, at night, on foot, and there's no moon. <laughs> imagine how long it would take you to get there in the perils that you would face. You go left, and it's a scorpion there. You go right, it's a yes. Go left, it's a rock slide. So all of those different issues that I ran into actually helped me to get to this point of actually training other individuals so that they don't have to go through those issues. Okay. Yeah, you probably never get there. Now, I'm wondering, you know, in your struggle, you just threw yourself out there into this business world after coming from a background of the music industry. Uh, do, can you share maybe one or two examples of, you know, some wrong turns you took when it, it came to, you know, throwing yourself into the business world? What, what are the, the pitfalls of being an uninformed business startup person? Hmm. Well, one thing that, you have those conversations where individuals say, hey, if you can go back and you can tell yourself something, what would you tell yourself? Now, the first thing, of course, anyone would tell themselves is invest in Google. 
That's the first thing. Okay, <laughs> you'll go ahead and get that out of the way. Have Google is my friend. Right. <laughs> but after that, after that, it was more along the lines of what I should have done is not go cold turkey. I see. In the sense of when you want to start a business, no, no one tells you that you need to have a specific amount of capital mm-hmm. or at least a minimum. Uh, yes. amount of capital, the whole business plan, all of these different things. I didn't start off with that. I just went head first because I knew I wanted to do A, knew I wanted to do B. But mm-hmm. as you get older, then you learn, like, wait a minute, going <laughs> this route, because if you if you had a, going this route, it would have been better. So the whole capital thing, yeah, I went cold turkey. Like I said, okay, I'm not teaching anymore in that aspect. Boom, I'm going over here. What I should have okay. done was I should have maybe for a three- to five-year period Gotcha. Stay into a certain uh, the educational realm and stacked a certain amount of capital before I went in. But because I went head first in, then I ran into all of these particular perils going down that road because I didn't have certain access to capital. That's one of the like biggest things that I tell people about what they should do. So you were one of those ones you basically just like hung your sign on the door and was sitting there like for the first week like, how come I don't have any customers? Right. <laughs> right. Well, that's funny to aside because uh, when I started uh, this company called Premier Budgeting, because my thing has always been to help people, I was uh-huh. going around to people's houses, you know, doing the whole putting flyers and everything on there. But I didn't know, again, exactly what you should do at the time. Social media wasn't, you know, out and all. So it was kind of like, you know, doing it the old school way. Yeah. But if you didn't have money for mailing, then you would just go walk to people's houses and try to, you know, solicit in, in that map. So that that was one of the biggest things that, that I tell people, yeah, you have to make sure that, that you get your capital up before okay. you move. That that was before it got to the point where now we have the Internet is a certain way to where you can compete with somebody like Coca-Cola. But yeah. be one person yeah. because of the resources. So it's a little different now, but back then that would have been one of the first things that I told you. Okay. Now, your your learning curve, your bumps and bruises, about how long, how many years did it take you to kind of get to that point where it was like light bulbs, aha, I got this, I know how this works? Mm-hmm. How long did that take okay. for you? Was it like a two-year process or three-year or? Oh, no. It, it, it was <laughs> It was a very long time. Let me just put it <laughs> He's like, no, it was a long time. It was a very long time because when you don't have the formal training, what okay. ends up happening is the chain reaction of events that come from you not having the formal training. Like I use the example of you go left, you run into scorpion. You go right, you run into this. But what I didn't say was when you run into that scorpion, you have to take time to heal from the bite from the venom. Okay. So that that's an amount of time that you have to take. Then you go right and you fall off of a cliff that you didn't know that was there that we would have known if you had the formal training. Now you have to heal from the cuts and the bruises from that. Everything has a chain reaction that occurs. So because mm-hmm. of that, all of these chain reactions happen. And then once that happened, now you're like, I have to figure out how to come back from all of these events that occur negatively in order just to get back to where I was. Imagine going to a place where you walk 500 miles and then you walk backwards 200 miles and then you walk forward 500 miles. Well, you walked a thousand miles, but you actually have only made it to the 800 mile mark. Yeah. You see what Progress I'm saying? Gotcha. You're, you're, you're going back while you're walking. Yes. Okay. Well, we are so thankful that, you know, all your bumps and bruises have paved the way, the way so the rest of us don't have to make these mistakes. And you're now teaching these classes uh, for the rest of us. Tim, we're going to take a quick commercial break. You hang in with me. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. 
Well, welcome back. Welcome back. Like I said, this is Don't Box Me In, and I am Lana Reed. Today I am hanging out with advocate and educator Mr. Tim Carthon, who um, says that owning your own business is no longer a luxury. It is a necessity these days. And uh, we were uh, before commercial break, we were talking about Tim's own journey into you know how he got into this line of business. Uh, but I want to I want to kind of move forward and, and talk about all the wonderful things you're doing now, Tim. Uh, but as I kind of move into that, I want to ask you a question about current events today. As we know, um, it's been widely publicized uh, about the uh, killings of Alton Sterling in Baton Rouge and Philando Castile in Minnesota. And uh, part of the response to that, you know, there's a lot of people calling for, you know, economic boycotts, economic boycotts. And um, around my social media sites, a lot of minorities, inner city people were struggling to, like, find places to spend their money. If they're not going to spend their money here, I need to spend my money here. And, and then they're struggling to find minority-owned businesses um, in their own communities to give their dollars to. Um, what, what is it about being uh, a citizen of an inner city community and having your own business? Why, why is that such a struggle? Why is it a problem for us? Well, one of the biggest issues in our community is we have a tendency to let our money leave the community faster than any other quote-unquote race. So uh, you have to check me on a couple of these numbers because I haven't reviewed this in a little while. But, but okay. for example, Jewish individuals, the, 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 they actually have their money stay within their their actual community for almost 30 days mm-hmm. before it actually leaves and goes to another community in whatever form or fashion. So for the heirs to the community, particularly minorities, African-Americans, ours leaves within six hours. Mm-hmm. So if you have people spending money and the minute that they get a check, their money goes out to other communities, then you have an actual problem funding your own community's initiatives and businesses. That's one of the biggest problems that we have. Okay. So we retrain ourselves to um, keep the money within the community, but then, like I was mentioning, there comes the next problem. We're finding problems finding minority businesses to spend our money in. So how do we, we start to find these places, I mean, or, you know, is it is it feasible for us to find, because, you know, I'm thinking about my day-to-day life, um, Tim, you know, I've got my internet, I got, you know, my gas station, you know, for the car, I've got my cell phone bill, I'm thinking there's some ways I cannot get around uh, spending my my dollars with the big businesses that have mm-hmm. my my interest is not in, in their best in their best interest. They're not concerned about that. So right. is it is it is it feasible for us to, you know, find large pools of of businesses to, to redirect our, our money towards? Yes, it actually is. The, one of the biggest problems is because of how the entire setup is currently done at this moment. For example, there's about what sixty two to sixty four percent of America is uh, more along the lines of European Americans, mm-hmm. and that's if you're not counting Hispanics who identify as white. That's like make it 76 percent. We have mm-hmm. about 17 percent uh, African American. Well, if you have that smaller percentage of individuals, then of course the percentage of individual businesses that are owned by those are going to be much smaller as well. Okay. So that start you start. Start off there. Then the access to capital to be able to start business about what I was speaking before is a little more difficult because we don't have the actual funds as available to start our own businesses from, say, black-owned banks. Okay. Uh, there used to be, like, say, 52 or so black-owned banks. They're probably yes. only popping around along the 25 or so. Now, yeah. the funny thing is, on you can go on my uh, website, timcarson.com, actually have a page that has links to where you can find all the minority banks in actual the entire United States of America. Now, that's great and it's bad because you can see all of them, but then you also see the small amount 
yes. of them and where they are. And they're like kind of centralized around the more southern, southeastern area of the United States. So if you don't have funding in order to even start your business, businesses, and then on top of that, you, like I didn't have, don't <laughs> have the specific education towards starting your businesses because we're trained to go to college. Mm-hmm. So we're trained to go train to be employees more than we're trained to go train to be employers. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Now, one last question about this subject, then I'm gonna move on because, like I said, I want to get to the stuff that you're doing. Um, as I was mentioning, this this response to the situations that are occurring and this call for an economic boycott. You being the businessman that you are, do you think that will be a useful tactic? I think that's the only useful tactic. Okay. Okay. And the reason for that is because of something very, very powerful. This is probably the most powerful thing that I've ever heard in my life. Now, that's saying something because a person hears a lot of things in their life. But Dr. Umar Johnson says something that, you know, he's supposedly a controversial figure, and some people love a lot of the things he says, some people don't. But mm-hmm. something that he said to me, that was extraordinary, not to me, rather, I'm sorry, but something he said that was extraordinary was, since 9-11, who was the actual individuals that the United States was targeting mm-hmm. 9-11? Who were they? And you said, okay, well, there were people of Arabic descent. Okay. Then he said, well, how many Arabs have you seen killed on the street? I'm thinking to myself, like, I haven't heard any stories about True. that. And then he said, okay, well, how many Asian people have you seen killed on the street? And I'm like, well, I haven't heard any. He's like, okay, well, how many Mexicans have you heard killed on the street by police? I said, oh, I don't remember many of those or even anyone. He said, you know why? He said, because they have countries behind them. Mm. I thought about it. I said, whoa. Mm. You kill a Chinese American, China calls, and China threatens America with its economic power. Gotcha, gotcha. You see what I'm saying? If, I, if hear I hear you. I You know, if Saudi Arabia calls, but who calls for African Americans? There is no one who calls because yeah. our home country, our home continent, Africa, is not in an economic position in order to be able to mend us their power. Gotcha. And when he said that, I said, wow, I never, and that's why when we're killed, nobody calls. Mm-hmm. And that's because we have no backup in that sense. So Very that's powerful. why economically is the only thing that works because economic power moves the people who are in power to do what it is they, we need them to do or they lose something. So the whole gotcha. moving the money and shifting on, that's the only thing. That will make the change. Awesome point. You know, and, and it's a uh, take on it I had never really even thought about. I mean, that, that's a very powerful, you know, visual exactly. image there. You know, nobody comes for us when something exactly. happens, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I had years ago I had a, it was a little cartoon or something like that. And it was a, a picture of, you know, an African-American on the coast of the United States and an African on the coast of Africa and, you know, the, the African-American was yelling, you know, well, you just, you know, you never came for us. You never came for us. And, you know, there's there's a lot of lot of residual, but they're not in a position yes. a, a lot of times, you know, um, to come in and assist and, and, and get us and help us out of the, the plight that they hear that we're in. So exactly. uh, now you one of the things that you say uh, you preach, the message that you give is. Owning your own business is a necessity. You know, uh, independent business owners in a community is is necessary for the the health of the community. And I'm wondering, why is that? Why not just have a whole bunch of big box retailers around, and you know, people have you know the stuff that they need to shop at and the places to go or whatever. What what is the benefit? What is the asset value that uh, independent business owners have to individual communities? The same asset value of having police officers who are community police instead of occupying forces. Gotcha. When an individual business is actually someone who, when you walk into their store, you know who the actual owner is. Mm-hmm. Or you know, you know, you, because you can know who a couple of people are in Walmart, 
Mm-hmm. But the, all of the people that you see working there, you're like, I have no clue. Some <laughs> people are. You just keep walking with your head straight to make sure you almost don't make eye contact the whole time. But if, True. If, if, a, if a business is there and you know who the person is, yes. you know, it, there, there's less likely to be actual crime in that actual establishment so that that, that makes sure that the store's profits stay higher, which means uh-huh. that they have a better chance of hiring uh, an individual who you may know. Okay. But also, your dollars circulate. It's the equivalent of, I saw uh, a new show that uh, a, a black actor named Anthony Anderson. Oh, yeah. A great hit show named Black. He uh-huh. has this new show. I can't remember the name of it, but they have to guess which one of the individuals are telling the truth up okay. there. And his mom is the judge. <laughs> so she, 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 they have the three people who are asking the questions, who's trying to guess, and then his mom is sitting in the front row of the audience and she's like another comedic piece of the puzzle. But okay. you know what he did? What he did was he brought his mom on, and now she's getting a uh, a salary for being on his show. So that's the equivalent of keeping the money in the family. That's right. You want to keep the money in the community, which is why individual uh, quote-unquote races that keep their money in the community longer have a stronger base because they have a stronger financial base. Okay. That's why it's so important for your businesses to be out of your individual community. Gotcha. Okay, understood. Wonderful points, wonderful points. Tim, we're going to take another commercial break. Hang in there with me. We'll be right back right after this. Let's return to Don't Box Me In with your host, Lana Reed. Well, well, welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Like they said, I am Lana Reed, and today I have the pleasure of hanging out with uh, business authority Tim Carthon, and we've been talking about, uh, you know, uh, businesses in the inner city, you know, getting an understanding of what it takes to be a small business owner, or not necessarily small, but a business owner in your community. Now, I want to talk about um, this partnership that you have, Tim, uh, your program, Startup Business Infrastructure Program, and you've partnered with Fiverr. So I wonder, how did that come about and what is that all about? Well, because of the situations that I told you about previously where I ran into all of these problems trying to get these different businesses up and running, what happened was I came to a point of wanting to make sure that no one else mm-hmm. went had happened to them what happened to me. Okay. Because I'm a person I love to give, and the pains through which I went through were just insane. So I said, I'm going to try to save everybody from the pains. So it was almost like I was a financial underground railroad. I, I came back to, to Maine, like, follow me if you want to do this. <laughs> and so I started doing helping businesses, and I was having repeated success of helping individuals get businesses started for almost no money, but really getting their infrastructure up and running because that's the biggest thing, the the, the, the platform of your business, the actual groundwork, the, the foundation. So you get that going, it's easier for you not to run any problems. So I said, okay, I'm helping some businesses. And when I saw the success that they had compared to the, uh, speed-wise, compared to the success I had, I said, well, man, I just saved them from getting stung by those scorpions. I just saved them from falling off that cliff. I just saved them from running in all that cacti. I just saved so much headache for them that I wanted to do it on a mass scale. Okay. So I said, okay, well, I can do it with the, uh, with the workshop or a seminar or something. So I developed the SBI workshop, the Startup Business Infrastructure Workshop, and I said, well, if they're going to start businesses, they're going to need a couple of things. They're going to need a bank account. Mm-hmm. They're going to need a... Uh, business insurance, mm-hmm. like they're going to need a way to get whatever they need to get done for their business at a pretty cost-effective uh, way and okay. a cost-effective price. So I said, okay, well, first thing, I found a bank, a bank I've been with for a long time. And I said, okay, find a business insurance company. I said, I'm using one of my businesses. And then I said, a, a way for them to get businesses done, a, a lot of things done for the business at uh, the cheap and cost-effective price. I said, huh. Heard about Fiverr, and I said, okay, let me talk to Fiverr. So I talked to them about partnering. And when they heard what I was doing, they said, no, we want to sponsor this. Awesome. 
And so awesome. they decided to sponsor the actual workshops. And now you get a chance to come get the information to actually start their businesses with, and they don't have to pay hardly any money. Okay. Awesome. So let me make sure I'm clear. Is it like a webinar thing, or do they have to actually go to a location, like a brick-and-mortar location? Oh, it goes to a brick-and-mortar location. Because okay. what I'm doing is I'm trying to, in the equivalent of, me trying to make sure that all of Cleveland is okay. I'm trying to make sure all of Ohio is okay. 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 What I'm doing is I'm going around mainly, primarily Ohio, actually doing these workshops that that help people start their business. Because here's the thing about the SBI workshop. The SBI workshop is not just about, hey, everybody, you can start a business. Great. And then I'm on my way type thing. Mm -hmm. Because that's what, 99% 99% of these workshops are, is they'll talk to you about how great you can do as a business owner and all, and then they'll sell you something. Okay. That's not what I do. Yes, I have a book coming out and all of that stuff. So you'll be able to get all of that stuff, of course. But my actual workshop sits you down and says, okay, we're going to go through steps 1 through 25, and we're going to do them right there inside the workshop. The first thing you need is a name. Mm. The second thing you need is a description, and I help you craft your description and show you how. And we go through 25 pieces so that you have your actual framework when you leave. Not not talking about it and thinking about it. You Mm -hmm. walk out of the workshop with an actual business framework on paper. Awesome. You know, and, you know, that's the problem I find with a lot of these, you know, seminars that we go to, you know, we leave and we're so enthused and we're like, yeah, and then we get home and we're like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't know what to what do, do here. I, do? Wait a, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Wait a minute. It sounded good while I was there, but I don't know what to do now. So to walk exactly. away from, from your workshops with an actual, you know, I, I think you said 25 step plan on, you know, this is how I open my bank account. This is how I get my business name. You know, uh, this is, this is how I do oh, that. No, that. it's not just the plan. That's the thing. It's not just the plan. We do it. We do it there. Okay. That, I mean, that's amazing. That is amazing. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's all pretty much, you know, fail proof there. And that's wonderful. I mean, like I said, and I think that's a problem that we have, especially in our community is, is once one of us finds out how something is supposed to be done, we don't really share it. We kind of hoard it. So to find exactly. you. To find you saying, you know what, I know how to do this now. I have made my own mistakes. I have faltered, but you don't have to. Just listen to me. I'm going to show you the way. I'm going to walk you through this. And I think that's a beautiful thing. That's an yeah, awesome thing. One of the reasons, thank you. One of the reasons why we falter, though, is very, it's a scary, it's a scary reason, but it's an understandable reason. Mm-hmm. When you, when you come from a history of enslavement, what happens is you learn to deal with a lot of things in ways that individuals who have been privileged don't. So, gotcha. for example, an African-American can, can live in certain circumstances and get up and go to work like there's no problem. And, and an individual who's grown up in a more privileged manner looks and says, man, if I was in that situation, I'd have probably killed myself. The world is you know, coming to an end. Oh, my God, I can't deal yeah. with it. You know, and that brings me back. My mother used to always tell me, uh, black folks don't jump from the basement. Like, you're already at the bottom. So what, what you exactly. what you're stressing about, you know, so uh, you, you, that goes to your point that you're making. The way we handle and deal with, you know, bad situations, negative, you know, situations is completely different than our, our other counterparts. Yes, and it's both our strength and our weakness. Yes. Because it's our strength because anything that happens, it's, it's a Jay-Z brush your soldiers off thing. Yeah. It's worth mm-hmm. a half a billion dollars now. It's a brush your shoulders <laughs> off thing. Like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Keep it moving. Time, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, the weakness that that gives us is a lot of times individuals uh, in our communities, we look at making sure we're okay. We've, mm-hmm. we've been trained in a survival mindset. That's great to help us be able to survive, keep going no matter what happens, but at the same time, it makes us hoard, like you say. It's like hoarding in a, in a, in a, in a uh, um, situation where there's some type of apocalypse. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to help anybody else. I'm going to make sure I'm okay. Yeah. And so that's a trained mindset over the years from the over-excessive amount of, 
oppression that has mm. happened within the community. So that's why it's so difficult for us to break out of this because we've been so set trained into the individual, 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 individual. So until we get the actual community aspect of it the way that we need to and then take our financial dollars, our money, and make that be our fix, then we're going to keep running into the problems into which we're running. Okay. Now you're out there, you know, uh, in the communities doing the work, boots to the ground and stuff, and, and you're trying to, you know, like the Underground Railroad, you're trying to gather as much of us uh, as possible and say, look, this is the way. So I'm wondering, what do you do when you run into that that individual who says, you know, Tim, I don't know, this 9 to 5 is kind of good. You know, I got my health and benefits. I got my retirement coming. You know, that, that stepping out on faith and opening up my own business, I, I don't know if that's for me. <laughs> you know what's funny? I want to tell you something that's funny about what you just said. There was a, there's an individual who had a situation occur. One of my uh, clients, and actually someone I know and a close friend of mine, but they became a client. What happened was they were that individual. Okay. This 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 gentleman, uh, his company is named Mystery Music M Y Five C E R Y. Okay. And he does youth programs for. Uh, Drumline, step team, fish instrument training, vocal performance training, and theatrical etiquette training in Toledo, Ohio. Okay. And what happened was he was you know, teaching music for 20 years. He had been all the way up to uh, an interim band director for college. Okay. This guy is amazing at shows, performance, that whole nine. But what happened was I kept saying to him, listen, what you're doing is so amazing, but you're being used. Mm-hmm. by the system because of the greatness of what you're doing. They're getting all of this out of you. In essence, let's say they're getting $100 out of you and then giving you $5 back. There you go. But because him loving what he was doing, he, he didn't see it. He like, hey, I'm getting this check and I'm, I'm good. So mm-hmm. he used to listen to me but not really listen to me. You know what, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I <laughs> so one day what happened was one day, he looked up. I kept telling him, I said, listen, I said, these people love what you do. They don't care about you. They care about what you're giving them. You have to understand the difference. Yes. He was like, well, you know, okay, okay. But, again, blowing me off in, in, in an indirect way. Well, one day, looked up, and he got laid off for something crazy. Aww. It didn't even make any sense. Mm. He told me the first thing which he thought was, Tim told me so. That's right. And he told That's me right. that any time that I can get cut off of this in the whole nine. And when I talked to him after he got um, terminated, I was cheering. And he said, he's happy about my demise? He's like, I don't understand why he's doing <laughs> this. Oh, I said, you don't understand. You just got released. That's right. Your freedom is around the corner now. You don't even know it. And now yes. now he has his own business, and he's like, I can't even fathom. Working for somebody else. Fathom working for some, going to back this. He said, what was I missing? He made an hour almost ten times more than what he was making working for the people who uh, eventually terminated him for no you know, legitimate yeah. reason. So he yeah, makes ten go. times more an hour now, and he works. 50% left. There you go. There you go. I mean, and you know, it is a scary, I, I mean, I, I have to, I have to understand, you know, uh, cause I, I work from, it, it's scary to step out there on faith and say, you know what, I, I don't have no backing here. If something, the bottom drop out of this is just me, you know, and you know that that is scary, but that's when you run into the, you know, the Tim Carthens of the world to say, okay, look, you know, if we get this plan in place and we do it right, you know, your your opportunity to succeed, it, you know, is it, wonderful. So go ahead, let's do this together, and I'm gonna hold your hand through this, and you know, it's gonna be wonderful because, you know, and going back to what you said earlier, not only are you benefiting yourself by being your own business owner, but look what you're giving back to your community where you live. You know, where your kids, where your kids go to school. Look at the messages that you're sending the next generation. Like, you don't have to clock in for somebody else. You can do this on your own. Exactly. And see, that, that brings me to the actual book that will be being released soon. Okay. And the book, the name of the book is 
screw you. That's what I for. Screw you. Okay. Business tips to destroy doubt, especially inside you. That goes to about what it was you were just talking. See, people have these fears and they have these doubts. And a lot of times these fears and doubts don't even come primarily from them. It comes from the individuals around them. Gotcha. Who see them and say, oh, you're about to go do this, or I don't know if I'd go over there. All the naysayers. You know, it's all the naysayers. And a lot of times it's not out of just fear of, well, I don't don't have a backup or, like you say, the bottom, if, if it falls out, there's nothing there. A lot of times it's because of the individual's fear of themselves that they put that fear on you. There's something that I call six degrees of mediocrity. Okay? Now, I know you've heard of six degrees of separation. You know what, Tim? Hold that thought. 60 degrees of mediocrity. Hold that thought. I'm going to take my last break, and we're going to talk about that when we come back. Hold on for me, Tim. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Don't Box Me In. I am Lana Reed, and today I'm hanging out with Tim Carthon, who's got a book coming out soon called Screw You, and he's also got uh, a partnership with Fiverr.com, and he uh, provides small startup business infrastructure workshops. But uh, before I had to cut him off, uh, he was about to give us a... some wonderful tidbits here. Uh, what did you say? Six, Sixty degrees of mediocrity. What was no, that you said? Six, six degrees of mediocrity. Six, you know, six, like six, six degrees of separation. Yeah, six degrees of separation. Okay, there you go. Six okay. degrees. Okay. Of- well, on, with the six degrees of separation, of course, you can go any direction. Six degrees, six people over, and you yes. can reach anybody. So six degrees over from me is Dave Chappelle. Six degrees over from me is Jay Z. Six degrees over from me is Warren Buffett. So. Gotcha. The six degrees of mediocrity is what individuals use to strengthen their fears and their doubts and to try to put them on you. Okay. Now, what, now, let me explain this right quick. They look six degrees over, and those six degrees over that they look, they see, say, P. Diddy. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, P. Diddy is worth $700 million or so. Mm-hmm. So when they look at P. Diddy worth $700 million way over there, it's easy for them to blow it off because P. Diddy is six degrees away. That's a ways away from them. Gotcha. But when an individual like yourself who's right next to them starts doing something that's fantastic and mm-hmm. they look up and now you're worth a million, two million, three million dollars, <laughs> half a million, whatever. But the thing is you're part of the ten, top 10% or top 5%. Well, they have an issue there because you're not six degrees over. You're okay. one degree over. Gotcha. See, that's too close to people. Because gotcha. when you're that close, it forces them to have to look at themselves in the mirror and say, why is one degree over from me worth a half a million dollars, but I'm, ne- I'm worth negative a gazillion dollars? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so they don't, they don't want to look at it. So what they do is they try to put their fears and doubts on you in order to bring you back to down to where they are. Okay. They can ignore it when it's six degrees over, but they can't ignore it when it's right next to them. So what my new book does is it tells individuals about how to get rid of the fear and the doubt. It's actually part of a five-part series that I'm going to do, and it's a piece of this business puzzle. So you have my SDI workshops, which actually help you specifically with getting your things, your stuff together directly. Then you have my E2 seminar, which tells you how you got to the point of this in this country, how the economics of the situation got us even to this point where leaving a business is no longer an option. And then you have this book, which is the fuel for the soul, which is to help you negate all of the naysayers and the things that individuals tell you. It's more of a Break glass in case of fear and doubt. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And I think that that's, uh, you know, 
one of the struggles, you know, you, you say, okay, I'm going to do this. You know, I, I believe in myself. I'm going to start my own business. But it's quite natural, human nature. You want to go tell a loved one. That might be a parent. That might be your exactly. husband or your wife. And, you know, they're like, well, you know, I don't know, baby. You know, you're right. sure you want to go. And, and then you start doubting yourself, you know, because, mm-hmm. well, maybe exactly. maybe it's not such a great idea. Maybe, you know, I'm just going to, you know, work this for, you know, this job for the next five years and, you know, just save up some more income before whatever. But, you know, sometimes the most hurtful people to our dreams are our loved ones or our immediate inner circle of people, you know. So, um, you know, I, I guess you do with your book. Like it says, you know, you have to look around you and say, screw you. I'm, I'm going to do this. This is this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing the, that, that is a very important piece of this. The screw you is not directed at the people. Okay. It's directed at the fears and the doubt. Okay. You see, you have to think about that until the fear and the doubt, no matter who it's coming from, if it's coming from you, you tell your fears, screw you, you're not going to stop me from doing what I'm doing. You tell you your go. doubts to screw you, not go. you You have to douse your doubt because if okay. you don't, your doubts will become like a wildfire and they will grow in you. So you have to actually douse them, but you have to have something with which to douse them because you definitely have something that fuels them. Mm-hmm. With all these individuals who are living in the world of six degrees of mediocrity, they're going to fuel your fears and your doubts, like you just said. Mm-hmm. But what this book does, and, and, and you can find out more information about the book at screwyoubook.com or okay. go directly to timcarter.com. But either way, you can find out more information about the book and what, and find out that the book actually feeds the soul because all of this is part of a puzzle. You can't just have one piece. Because that's a lot of times like with our community. We'll have one piece of the puzzle, but then we don't have the other pieces. We may have a product, but we don't have a distribution. You okay. see what I'm saying? Gotcha. We can't have okay. one piece. So this is the actual, the, the, the third piece of that actual puzzle when it comes to the businesses. It's the fueling your soul part to give you the strength to be able to do the actual work okay. for your business. Now part- Part of this, this this whole entire package that you're offering um, for people to get out there in this world and 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 be business owners, I, I read that you said that uh, it's possible. It is possible to open up a business in less than 48 hours with $300. Now I'm sure a lot of people look at you when you say that, like you know, give you the side eye, like Tim, come on now, for real, for real. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, they they it, it, it's funny because people who don't know me. Okay. Yeah, they, 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 they look like, well, how is that possible? Well, it's possible because of this thing. I don't, I don't really know how many people have heard of this thing called the Internet. It's a pretty <laughs> cool thing. And, and you can do a lot of stuff on it, you know. Okay. And so the thing is, the Internet, like I said earlier in the interview, the Internet allows you to be Coca-Cola. Yeah. But be one person. Yes. Because when someone looks at your website or they look, they see who they see the perception of who you are. Everybody mm-hmm. talks about be who, um, you know, act like who you want to be treated like. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you want to be treated like a businessman, then more likely you're going to act like and look like a businessman. You're going to wear a suit, you're going to speak a certain way, or whatever that you think a business person speaks, whatever way that is. So then that's how people, you want people to perceive you. So you have to create your infrastructure, which is why, again, my workshops are startup business infrastructure, my E2 seminar, economic enlightenment, because you have to know why we're at this point. Then I show you how to use being at this point. Then with the SBI workshop, then I give you the tools to fight the naysayers that, that help you with the strength when you get mentally weary in my new screw you book. So okay. all of these encompassing things are what help an individual to become successful uh, business startup. Okay. Now I know uh, this is in partnership with Fiverr, the the SBI. Uh, but how do how do people sign up for one of the workshops? Well, in order to sign up for one of the workshops, you just go to sbiworkshop.com and you see when the next workshop is. We're in the process of scheduling the next workshop here in Cleveland. And if okay. any of the the businesses, churches. Any individuals want to try to set up an SBI workshop, all they have to do is go to timcarson.com uh, and contact me. I'll have my people get in touch with you, and then we can just set this whole thing up. Because the cost currently for me to actually speak at an, uh, a conference or something like that starts at $5,000. Okay. But 
with the SBI workshop, an individual can get so much of the information that I give for between 5 and $10. Why? Because Fiverr is sponsoring me, so they're paying for it. Gotcha. So you only have to pay a small amount of money to come, and then you have access to, to myself and the books and everything else. So not taking advantage of that opportunity would be insane for an individual, especially one who doesn't have a lot of capital to start. Okay, awesome, awesome. And so um, also, when do we, uh, when should we expect for the book to come out? Well, I'm looking at either a an end of July or beginning of August uh, release. We're looking now for a sponsor to potentially sponsor uh, a book tour right now that, that, that I really want to do because I want to spread this message of entrepreneurship by uh, necessity okay. right now. So it would be somewhere near the end of July, beginning of August is for what I'm actually shooting. The book is and it's 2016, August, right? 2016, yes. Okay, okay. Okay, cool, cool. So we stay tuned for the website for that. So one last thing, I, I think i got like a minute left here. Um, mm-hmm. You also do some – now, you teach the kids to this business. Is that partnered with Fiverr.com? Because I, I think well, I read the Boys and Girls Club of uh, – the, the Boys and Girls Club was one of the uh, individuals with, with whom we were uh, – we, we had partnered in order to host one of our events. Oh, okay. But – that, so that's that's the thing. Every time somebody sees boys and girls stuff, the first thing they think about is kids. They don't think about the actual <laughs> building. Where oh, okay. Having, I know, got you. I understand it. now. Okay. We partner with any, partner with anybody to be able to do these events. Churches, businesses, you know, child businesses, adult businesses. It doesn't um, really matter. We just partner with them in the community because again, you have to in the community in build the community. this stuff, which is why I do inner cities mainly. Wonderful stuff. We appreciate you for that. So before we get out of here, Tim, uh, tell everybody once again, how do they get in touch with you, pick up some merchandise, watch your videos, learn more about what you do? Of course. You can go to, of course, Tim, TimCarthon.com. The, the book is going to be coming out to find more information about it right now. I'm meeting a kid, everything. ScrewYouBook.com. And, of course, check me out on YouTube.com. I, I'm called the Fiery Truth Teller because I'm going to tell it like it is. And I'm going to tell it in the most passionate manner. I'll be in a suit. I'll be in dress-down <laughs> clothes. I'm going to be me, but I'm going to definitely tell you the truth. So make sure that you subscribe to me on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that whole nine, at Tim C-I-M-C-A-R-T-H-O-N. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for hanging with me. My guest today has been Tim Carthen. Uh, thanks again for hanging with me. That is all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There is always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life. I am your host, Lana Reed. I'll see you all next week.